Welcome to the Pastor Nora King Podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. My message tonight is God's love in action. And we talked about God's love which is agape love, if you look it up. Now, there, there's different kinds of love, but agape love is the God kind of love. It's a benevolent love. It gives uh, even when people are not worthy of it, when they're mean and nasty and ugly. And you see, that has to be the God kind of love because if it's human love, somebody does us that way, what do we want to do? We, we just want to... well. Preach that message here. Uh, what, what happens is we just want to walk away from them, don't we? We just want to say, okay, if that's the way you want it, you can have it. And it, it's so funny because even in the last few weeks since I've been studying this, um, it, it, it's so funny because I had someone and I was really ministering to them, and they were just cross and kind of nasty, really, about it. And man, I want to tell you, I wanted to storm off. I didn't storm off, number one. And then I knew I needed to go pray. And so when I went to pray, I just felt the Holy Spirit ministering to me. They're troubled. They have a lot of things going on. So don't look at them through judgmental eyes of, you don't deserve it. You're not going to treat me like that, you know. It's like the God kind of love rose up in me. It had to overcome human natural love. And see, that, that's the way it can be for all of us. I, it's, that's not unique to me. You run into things like that and have run into things like that. And so the agape kind of love, this God kind of love, is different than anything the world has ever seen. Isn't it? You take... You take the religions of the world. They'll kill people. They'll cut their heads off. They'll do this. They'll, you know, they're mean and nasty and torture and all of that. But Christianity is not that way. Love your enemies. Isn't that what the Bible says? Now, that doesn't mean that you can't stand your ground, protect your nation. You know what I'm saying. Don't get into you know, think I'm saying things like that because I'm not. You got to protect what God has given you because people and the devil are, are trying to take it away. But you got to protect what God gives so you, you know, there's nothing wrong with protecting. You know, the Bible, if you read about it, you know, the people had to protect. So, but I'm talking about the kind of love in this world um, that brings a great light into great darkness. And that's God's love. Amen. So God's love isn't human love. And, um, you know, we hear, have you ever heard, and you, if you've said, I know you have, I fell in love. And then, you know, six months later, I fell out of love. That's not the God kind of love. You know, when I teach on marriage, I talk about, you know, the three stages of the world's lust, rust, and dust. That's what it is. Starts out at love. We're madly in love, lust. And then it begins to wane, rust. And then it's toast, dust. 
You understand? But that's not God's kind of love. That's not His kind of love. Even in a marriage, you stay with it. You stick with it. When you don't want to, when you're mad at them, when they do things that hurt you, when you don't like what they do, you love with God's kind of love. And I can tell you, and I'm not talking on marriage tonight, but I brought it up, so I'll say a few words. But I, I'm just going to tell you, uh, you know, when you hear things that have to do with love, you know, what can you do? You can take that back home. Yeah, she was talking about you tonight. Did you get that? <laughs> I'm going to tell you something. I'm talking about you and me. I'm talking about everybody. I'm not talking about your spouse or, you know, your sister that you're, you know, in the Lord that you're maybe having a rift with or something. I'm not talking about that. I'm, I'm talking about the God kind of love. And I'm talking to you. And if you'll apply it to your own life, you'll do good. Now, if you can help other people, but I'm going to tell you, you're not going to help your spouse with that. They're just going to call you bossy. Who do you think you are? You know, you take care of you and pray for them. Pray for them. Lord, heap coals upon their head. No. <laughs> Is that what you pray? Could be. I don't know. Okay, so, but anyway, agape love is not human love, such as I fell in love, I fell out of love. God's love gets, gives expecting nothing in return. I love what the Amplified Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13. It says, now listen to this, love is fadeless. I don't know about you, but for some reason, that just arrests me when I hear that love is fadeless. Have you ever had uh, furniture, you know, a beautiful piece of furniture that you love, and you've got it in a certain room, and that sun comes in in a certain time of the day, and it hits that furniture, and every day, over and over again, and what happens? It fades out. God's love does not fade out the color. It just continues on and on and on. It is fadeless. And the Bible says that His love never fails. If it's His love, it never fails. It never gives up. God doesn't give up. You know, sometimes I'm praying for people, ministering to people, and I want to give up. Have you ever been there? I just, I just want to say, God... I've tried everything I know. I just give up. And you know, you can just, I don't give up on them. I don't give up. And I'm thankful he doesn't give up because he didn't give up on me. You know, I, I, I don't know what was wrong with me, but for many years as a, a young person, I just can't, I kind of ran from the Lord. I knew to do things and I do things and I shouldn't do things. And I just kept at a distance. I'm, and, 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 you know, I mess up, and then I go to the Lord. Lord, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Why do I keep doing that? Well, you know what? God never gave up on me, and His love never failed in my life, and His love is what drew me back to where I needed to be in God. And you know what? It has done the same for you or will do it. You may be at a place tonight where you need His love to draw you back. Well, He will do that. 
that. He's not giving up on you. He's not saying there's no hope. You'll never make it. You can't transform. Yes, you can. And the power of his love will transform you. And then you can be one who acts out in his love for others. Amen? All right. Now, um, so love is fadeless. His love is fadeless. He doesn't expect anything in return. You can't do anything for God, you know. And when you do things for other people, you don't need to, uh, you don't need to do it with a motive. Well, I'll do this and I'll look good to other people. I'll look spiritual if I do that. Or if I do that, then maybe they'll do this for me. See, that's not the God kind of love. The God kind of love says no impure motives, nothing. Love never fails. Amen. Now, we talked about from 1 John 4, 16, God is love. And when you are born again, God, love, comes to be uh, to live on the inside of you. And I've heard people say, well, I just, I just don't feel like I have that love. Well, have you been born again? Yes, I know Jesus. I love the Lord. Well, if you love the Lord, that love is on the inside of you. Now, you may not be allowing it to be manifested, and you may not allow it to be shown when you're dealing with other people. Now, I just think, you know, you all know, I've told you before, when I drive, I want to get somewhere, you know? And I, I don't want other people to uh, drag around. I want them to go. And you just don't know how much I say and when I get in one of those moods. Love is patient. Love is kind. I don't care how many times I have to say it, I say it. And it's amazing because every time I do that, it kind of gets that adrenaline, you know, where it needs to be, calms me down and helps me just get in place and wait for whatever is going to happen. If everybody drove like me and Eddie, I tell you, we get places. <laughs> I don't know about him sometimes, but anyway. Okay, so when we're born again, God, love, comes to live on the inside of us. He moves into our heart. And when he moves into our heart, he changes us. He transforms us. And listen, he changes our nature and he changes our character. Uh, you've seen it before. People who have been born again... And uh, they used to be just so nasty and ugly and mean and do th all kinds of ungodly things. And then when they got born again, love, God, came to live on the inside of them and their character changed. If they were people who would steal and lie and cheat and do all kinds of, uh, you know, things that we're not supposed to do, men are not supposed to do, they don't do that anymore. There's a character and a nature change on the inside of us. So people that hide behind, I just, you know, that's not my personality. It's like, you can't hide that. You can't hide behind a personality. Everybody has a personality, and our personalities are different. Some people are more outgoing. Other people are introverts. You know, some people are, you know, kind of prophetic, and they can, you know, just 
blast out the truth. And then, but you know what? When the character and nature of God comes to live on the inside of you, it doesn't mean that your, your whole, personality, whole personality has changed, but it means that there is a part of you that has changed your character and nature, and then he comes to live in you and dwell in you, and then your personality begins to be enhanced with his character and his nature. And so if that's not happening, it could be, are you born again? You have to ask, I can't, can't tell you that. You have to answer that. And then, are you not allowing his presence to manifest himself in your life? Are you restricting? Are you holding it back? See, that's a question you have to ask yourself. Well, that's just not me. Well, the Bible says that... This is what love is. And it changes your character. It changes your nature. It doesn't leave you the same. Amen? All right. Um, I'm just looking over a few things I looked over before, but I'm, I'm going into some new things. Luke 10, 27 says, The love of God... Love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and all your mind and all your uh, strength and your neighbor as yourself. Okay? Love God, love your neighbor, and love yourself. Three components in that scripture. Do you see that? Self-hate. Some people hate themselves. They hate because of what their past is. They hate because, you know, uh, their, their family. They hate this. They hate that. Well, you are never going... Listen to me here. You're never going to love other people if you hate yourself. The same eyes that you see yourself through is the eyes that you're going to see other people through. Well, I love God. I just can't stand people. Well... There's something wrong with that. And, and you know, you, you may think that sounds funny, but I've heard that. Well, there's something wrong with the picture. Because you love God with everything within you, and you love your neighbor. The Bible says if you hate your brother, it's like murder. If you read 1 John, you're a murderer. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be a murderer. So I'm going to love, you know, do the best I can. You know, Scripture says, live in peace as much as is possible. And sometimes people will not allow you to live in peace. You have to separate yourself. But as much as it is possible. So you, sometimes you have to love people at a distance. Amen. So, but you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. Amen? And if you do that, that commandment that Jesus gave fulfills the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments were not done away with. See, some people are teaching that, but that is not what that means. It means that all of the Ten Commandments... If you do this, you will fulfill that all. And you don't have to try, well, I, I can't do this and I can't. You don't have to do the can'ts. You have to do the love. And if you love, then you're not going 
to break God's commandments. Amen. So you have to work at that. You have to, you have to try to do Is that easy? I don't think it is. Walking in love is one of the hardest things that I know about. How about you? So tonight we're talking about uh, love in action. And uh, we're going to start talking from Matthew 9.35. If you want to turn over there, you can. Matthew 9.35 and 36. And um, I just want to say God's love will move you into compassion. God lives in you. Love lives in you. And when His love lives in you, He will move you to compassion. Amen? If, if you're a person and you don't have any compassion for people and you're judgmental and critical, you know, there's things you need to judge. You know that, right? By their, by their fruit that you will know them. And, you know, the Bible gives us right to, uh, a right to judge certain things. But, you know, when you're judgmental of people and what they're going through and the circumstances that they're facing, even though they may have brought it on themselves, how many times I minister to people and if they hadn't done certain things, it wouldn't have brought... Uh, you know, just devastation into their life, but they did. But love says, in spite of that, I'm going to have compassion on you and minister, and I'm going to help you, and I'm going to do what I can for you. You understand God's mercy. Let that mercy flow in you. Now, what I am not talking about is, you know, somebody that wants you to have compassion on them in the form of your pocketbook and you give everything to them because they're too lazy to work and won't do what they need to do. Everybody knows people like that. And in our society, more and more that that's happening. But there are people that are victimized. There are people, they might have brought it on themselves, but they're not people that you know, just want what you got. You go work and you bring it to me while I lay around the house and be lazy and, you know, that's not what we're talking about here. You can love those people, but I'm not giving them. I'm not going to support them. I'm not the drug addicts on the corners. I'm not giving them my money. Now, you do what you want to, you know. If God told you to do something, then you follow that. But I'm just saying, people that do drugs and that kind of thing, I'm not helping them with that. If they want a, something to eat, well, I get them something to eat, definitely. But I'll go get it and bring it to them. I'm not giving them money for it because it's going to the bottle or the needle or whatever. But anyway, we're talking about compassion and how that when you are walking this walk of love, compassion should be a part of your life. I remember uh, that I was in, uh, well, actually two places, and one of them was in Venezuela. And I, I was so touched. I've told you how children just touch my heart. And uh, we were in a restaurant eating several times, and uh, up and down the street, these kids are walking up and down the street all by themselves, little children. But they've been abandoned. Their parents have died, whatever the case may be. And all, there's so many homeless children. And, and so um, the, um, 
the, the man that we were with, that we were traveling with, and he said, now I know it, you know, sounds strange, but whatever you have left over, I want you to bring it out, get a to-go box, and we're going to start handing it to kids. And so we did that. But I cannot tell you what compassion and I had, you know, watching that. And then... Uh, they, they, you know, we ministered, you know, in several different places, preaching and praying and, and doing that. But they t took us down to um, an area where people were living on the garbage dump. And they would go to the garbage dump. They would find cardboard. They would find all kinds of things, whatever they could to, to make a little makeshift place to live and find food. And it was absolute, I mean, what, are you talking about compassion when I saw that? It was just amazing to me. God just welling up on the inside of me to, to want to do something for them. And we were there for the purpose of helping that area, trying to help them. You know, and so we, we did our best to do that. Could we meet every need? No, but we could meet some. Now... Uh, talking about compassion, God's love will move you to compassion. Matthew 9.35, you can see Jesus was preaching and ministering to the people. And uh, it, it just really moved him. Then in verse number 36, but when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion. Now, if God's love lives on the inside of us, we are to be moved with this kind of compassion, the God kind of compassion that was in Jesus. Now, this compassion is an expression of God's love in us outward to a world that is so needy. And Jesus looked at them and he said, they're like a shepherd or they're like sheep have, not having a shepherd. In other words, you know, no sheep, sheep like shepherds. They like somebody to bring order into their life. And he saw that. Goats don't like that. Goats are stubborn. That's why he separates the goat from the sheep. Isn't <laughs> but anyway, so Jesus was moved with this compassion. And he saw things that were going on in their life that he wanted to minister to out of the love of God. And, and so when we see people, when, when we see people that are in need and, and we can do things to help them, that's God's love. That's that compassion welling up and we need to follow that. And again, we might not be the total answer, but we can be part of the answer, can't we? I was just thinking about, um, and let's just turn over there, because I was looking at this before I came out here in Luke 10. Let's look at this. Luke 10. It's, it's the story of the Good Samaritan. Uh, verse number 30, Luke 10. And Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed him, leaving him half dead. Now, I want you to get this thought. Okay, he was attacked. 
People are vicious and mean without God, aren't they? And here they were. They beat him up, left him for dead, really. And he was a mess. Now listen to this. And by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. A priest, a minister, a preacher. And when he saw him, what did he do? Did he rush to him to help him? No. The Bible said he passed by on the other side. Mm. Think about that. I don't have time for you. I'm on the way to church. I got to preach in a few minutes. Now, do you have responsibility? Sure. But leaving someone half dead and not stopping, and you're supposed to be a minister of God? Okay. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, or when he was there and he saw the man, he came and looked on him and passed by on the other side. In other words, I can't deal with that. He, he might have even said as a Christian, a Levite, a Christian, you know, that really, that really bothers me. That really stirs me inside, but I got to get away from it. I can't deal with that. I can't get involved with that. And so we went to the other side to try to get away from it. I can tell you, you can go to the other side, but that didn't deal with the issue at hand, did it? But listen to this. Here we had a priest and a Levite who are supposed to be spiritual people, and they didn't do anything to help him. But along comes a Samaritan. Who is a Samaritan? A, a Samaritan, if you study it from the Scripture, many times it's, it's an outcast. The spiritual people didn't take care of him, this man, but the outcast, the one that you would never think would do it. But he, as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion upon him. Compassion will move you, and it will move you into action to do something to help someone in a situation like that. I remember years ago, a long, long time ago, um, uh, and uh, we had a, a, a women's prayer group, and they were just marvelous people all marvelous women that were in that group. And they had heard of this woman, and she wasn't like a young woman. She was not old, but she had five children. And, you know, they were, you know, up to maybe 10 years young to up to 10 or something like that. And she had been a drug addict. And she was going to a place where they were assisting her to help her get off of drugs. She had those five kids, and they had been taking, taken away from her because obviously she was an unfit mother. So you could see the, the, fa the family, there, no dad, I, who knows where that was, but the family was in chaos, and it was pitiful for those children. And so somehow... Uh, the um, prayer group, someone in the prayer group heard about it. They brought it back, and I'm sure they were praying for her. And, and so she had gotten clean, and she was um, 
looking for a place to live, and it opened up, and, you know, it was in the housing project, but it was a place because they had no place to live. And so it opened up, and she was getting this home apartment, but she didn't have anything in the apartment, no furniture, no beds, no sofa, you know, no table, no chairs, nothing. She didn't have anything. And so I remember, you know, the, 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 the women, you know, they uh, came to us and, you know, they wanted to help. And, and so we said, well, you know, if that's in your heart to do and she's trying to turn her life around, why, why don't you do what you can do? So they, they got that house pretty much furnished for her. Now, it was used things, but it was decent things. You know, not everybody's junk that they're laying out for the garbage man to pick up, but it was decent things that people had, and they brought it and gave it to that family. And so there, those little five kids had some stability and some security, and we all know that kids need that, and that's exactly what they didn't have. And so... You know, I, I saw that, and I saw real compassion in those ladies and the love of God that was working in them, that they would work together as a team, and they would do that and make a difference in that woman's life. Now, I would like to tell you that the end of this story is, and they lived happily ever after, but I can't tell you that because they didn't. And the woman, it was a little while later, she got back on drugs. She sold everything that was in that house. Probably didn't make a lot with it, but sold everything that was in the house. And the children didn't stay with her. Now, could she have gotten things straight down the road? I hope she did. But I'm saying that to say sometimes when you have compassion on people and you're moved to do something and it's a good thing, it doesn't always... It doesn't always pan out, but there again, love is fadeless. And you keep loving anyway, and you keep believing for God to help them. Now, do you go back out and buy them furniture? And do, mm, I wouldn't do that. Wouldn't do that. But, you know, you can help people and not give up on them. Not give up on them. So I, I just think that's, that's a story that we need to hear because, you know, we like stories that end up and people, you know, bounce back and they stay up, but then sometimes they don't. And so it's, it's, it's okay to know that and it's okay to keep your faith out there and keep your love out there working for them and in their lives. Amen? So Jesus was moved into action for those people when, you know, in, in the compassion and... Uh, that's very important for us to, to know that. Jesus personified love while he was on the earth. If you want to see what love is, then you look at Jesus' life. And then you can see that this good Samaritan, he had this compassion in his soul, in his heart, and he ministered to that man. You know, he took him to a place and, you know, he bound his wounds up and did all that. And then he got him a place to stay there at the inn. And he said, and he said, here's the money and take care of him. So he did what was needed and necessary. Amen. All right. Now, God's love in our lives cares about other, 
others and is not selfish. 1 Corinthians 13, 5. Love, God's love in us, does not insist on its own rights and its own ways. This is out of the Amplified. For it is not self-seeking. So, have you ever... It's just like you, you could really apply it to the, this story of the Good Samaritan. I don't have time for that. You know, I've got a haircut today. You know, I, I've got to go to the grocery store today. I've got to do this, and I've got, I don't have time for that. How many of, I mean, I think I just have to say guilty because you get so focused on a schedule, we just need to understand. I'm not saying you don't ever keep a schedule. I'm saying if God brings someone in a situation into your life, understand what is happening and what you need to do, and your schedule can wait till a little bit later. Love is not self-seeking, is not self-absorbed. It's all about me and, and, you know, what I need and what I, I need God to do for me and where I want to go and what I want to do. Sometimes we just get so caught up, at, you know, be all that you can be. I get so tired of hearing that. And I probably said it myself, <laughs> but I don't like it anymore. I just don't like it. Yeah, I'll be all that you can be, but be the person that God wants you to be. Be the person with God's character and nature and His love on the inside that is a light and brings a light and is not absorbed and self-centered in, in ourself. That's, that's the way the world is. The world is self-centered. You get in their way and they're going to knock you out of the way. And that's not the way God's people are, is it? This love that we're talking about will take us from selfishness and self-centeredness and into caring about the needs of other people and paying attention to that and being sensitive to that. So important. It takes us from touchy and resentful to bearing up and enduring difficulties in relationships. 1 Corinthians 13, 5 again, another part, love, it takes no account of the evil done to it. Now, does, I, I want us to read that. It has no account of the evil done to it. No account it has to do with an accounting term. It means to, to take inventory. Love does not take inventory of the evil done to... Okay, over here. All right, in a marriage. Okay, over here is the scoreboard. And then we've got good, bad, ugly. And so we just keep score. Okay, they said this. Check. They did that. Check. You understand what I'm saying? We don't keep score. And it's the same in relationships. You know, it's like what I told you, uh, you know, not too long ago when I was ministering to someone and I just felt like they were just ugly and I wanted to say bad, ugly. <laughs> but then when I got with God, He began to speak to me 
the reality of where the situation was and what they were dealing with. And, and, and it, they were in a bad spot. They were in a bad situation. And so we don't take inventory. We don't keep score, in other words. You don't keep score. We let wrongs go. And I, this word evil, let me just say this before I move. I was getting ready to move on. But uh, the King James in this same 1 Corinthians 13, 5, uh, it, it talks about uh, thinks no evil. And this word evil means harm or injury. Means no harm or injury. Doesn't store up memory. Doesn't store up memory. Well, I, it's in my mind. I can't help it. Well, it's true. But, but, you know, that's why the Bible says when you stand praying, forgive. It's an instant forgiveness. It's an instant releasing of things. Do you remember that it happened? Of course you do. You, you know, your mind is still there. He's not saying that. That's not the point. But, you're, you know, you're not... Uh, you know, keeping it at the forefront of your thinking and you allow love to supersede all of that. Amen? So you're not taking inventory. All right? Another thing, allow for your eyes to be open to express God's love. Now, I want us to look at Matthew 25. If I would get in the right chapter, I would see it when I'm looking for I'm in the wrong chapter. Okay, Matthew 25, and we're going to read verses 32 through 36. I'm not going to read all that for time's sake, okay, because I need to be finishing here. I'm going to read verse number 35. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in, naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. I want you to look at those things. Those are, that is love in action right there. That's exactly what that is out of the book of Matthew. And he said, you were hungry, and you gave me something to eat. Or I was hungry. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. In prison and you visited me. Okay? All of those things are things to me that when I read that should be important to me. It really should. And I, I looked at that uh, to see, okay, how, how am I... How am I doing with that? Because we're talking about God's love in action. Well, you know, if you think about that, you know, we have a pantry here. We, we feed people. It's not a tremendous amount of people, but we feed people that, you know, that come to us that need food. We have staples, you know, like canned foods, like meat, canned meats. And um, it's amazing, though, you know, sometimes people don't want that. Oh, I thought you were going to do something else. No, this is what we do. And if you're hungry, you'll eat it, okay? It's, it's not bad and it's not substandard, okay? But anyway, that's another thought. 
And I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was in the hospital, and you visited me. We need to be, we need to be mindful of that. That's something today that I think we've gotten away from when people are, uh, you know, sick. Uh, sometimes, you know, I understand there's sometimes people don't want to visit you. It might be a real private thing, and that's okay, too. But, you know, when you're in a situation and it works to visit people that are sick, that is a good thing. And even in prison, not forget those who are imprisoned because... Uh, we probably, you know, we've had ministry to prisoners here before, but we don't have anything going on right now. That's probably something that we need uh, to reach out to prisoners. But those are all things that demonstrate God's love that's on the inside of us, and it's love in action. I, I, you know, I think it's great to tell people that you love them. It's, you should tell your family, your spouse, your children, you know, uh, your, uh, your family. Uh, you know, it's like you go visit your family, and when you go out the door, what do you do? We love each other and say, hug each other and say, I love you. You know, for your friends and people that you, you know, have in the church, it's a good thing to say, I love you. Those are good words. And if you're not used to it, you need to break the barrier. You need to tell people that you love them. But that is not where you end it. You don't end it there. You take love and you demonstrate it by the actions in your life. You see, like the Good Samaritan, someone that needs help in that way, that's hurt, struggling, you know, that kind of thing, and you help them. People that need food, people that, uh, you know, that are sick, you know, you care enough. We, what did we do here tonight? We cared enough that we prayed for people. But you visit people that are sick, and you visit people that are in prison. This is God's way. This, well, they, they shouldn't have done that, and they shouldn't have uh, done the things that they did. Well, remember what I said about mercy and about not being so critical? Yeah, I know it. I do know it. You know, if you pastor, you see people that do all kinds of things, and you know before they do it what it is going to bring on their head. You know it. You can see it coming because you've been here before, and you have seen it. But it doesn't matter if you tell them, they're not going to listen to you. They're going to go ahead and do it anyway. So you know what you do as a pastor? You love them. You extend mercy to them. And you try to help them, even though it might, they might have brought it on themselves and opened the door. You don't, you know, take the Bible and beat them over the head with it. That doesn't do any good, does it? It's, you know, just like, I told you not. It's like, what good does that do? Everybody knows they shouldn't have done it. They know it. Everybody that's around them knows it. You don't have to tell them that. Love them and show them mercy. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora. Pastor Nora.